Go Diamondbacks! The hope is still alive for our... Um, well, I don't, I don't know how to decipher this. So if you beat the Brewers in the playoffs 100% of the time and go to the World Series, that might be a curse, is a curse for the Milwaukee Brewers. So if the Diamondbacks lose, maybe the curse is broken. But I don't want to see Ben Kenny and the Philadelphia Phillies fan base uh, happy. The Diamondbacks win it in dramatic fashion late, Rowdy, 2-1. to one. What do we think? Good morning. Yeah, you look at that uh, series so far. Obviously, we have game four between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks tonight. If the Diamondbacks can win tonight, they're holding serve so far at home, which I guess if you're a Diamondbacks fan going down two to nothing, that's all you can that's all you can hope for. Mm-hmm. That's all you can. And um, now we're gonna see a bullpen game from well, for sure, Arizona and Philly. Sanchez started here and there, but it was more of a spot start, so it could potentially be a bullpen game for both sides tonight. Yeah, so you got the Phillies uh, now still up you know, up on the series, but Diamondbacks get that win last night at Chase Field. We'll have to talk some uh, fans and ticket prices quick about that game. Diamondbacks win 2 to nothing. Uh, I'm going to do another reference now. Our guy, Becker, who called in yesterday, uh, he texted me. He said he's going to go to game number five of the ALCS coming up here. Um, um, was it five, he said? I think so. I think it was tonight. Rangers throws. That series is now tied to two apiece. Uh, so we don't have – we got a little more dramatic stuff happening, Rowdy, in the CSs here as the Rangers and Strohs tied at two apiece. Yeah, the Astros come come back from 2 nothing in that series and now tied up 2-2. Two to two. Going into game five, and and you know what's interesting about baseball outside? Because when you think of series, you think of a lot of basketball and how they, they play the, what is it, 2-2-1-1-1? Two, two, one, one, one. Yeah. Baseball, it's 2-3-2. Two, two. So you have three games at home in the middle of the series if you are the lower-seeded team. So Houston now has game five. St- or Sorry. Texas still has game five back in uh, back home here. It's going to be interesting because it's a rematch from game one. Yeah. And Justin Verlander, Jordan Montgomery. I mean, they both pitched pretty darn well. The first game, Texas ekes out a small win. Uh, It's, it's crazy to me because this Astros team has made it to seven straight ALCSs. So they've been there, done that. And now they've crawled out of a two to nothing hole. It feels like they have momentum. And now you have your ace, Justin Verlander on the mound. Might be a pick in the Razor's Edge. Oh, little little sneak peek there as Razor's Edge 650, 850. Also do a little more gambling with our guy, Dave Essler. At uh, 740, 735. Well, yeah, a little sneak peek of the Razor's Edge. And then, Rowdy, speaking of, um, yeah. I was just going to say, I can't believe that uh, Houston, who won the division due to tiebreaker over Texas, they go down two to nothing. And you just think of the poise and the moxie of Houston here. They go down two to nothing, heading into three straight games in Arlington, and they take the first two on the road. Yeah, Like, that would have been one where you feel like a lot of other teams would have just rolled over. Oh yeah. yeah. We're, we're down two to nothing. They got pedigree. Now we go three games on the road to Arlington to play, you know, the Rangers. Oh crap. Woe is us. We, we easily, we might not even make it back to Houston. Well, they've won two in a row and I don't know. I kind of like their odds for game five. They got pedigree, Rowdy. I mean, you said to Moxie. Well, that's been a great word, by the way. We said a couple. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if you saw the play last night. Um, Michael Brantley made a, another incredible catch in the outfield. Former Brewer farmhand. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was the player to be named later in the CC Sabathia deal. God. Which funny How enough, old is he now? Uh, late thirties. Yeah. Funny enough about that deal, all those guys ended up sucking except for Michael Brantley. And then he was the, the player to be. Yeah. Leader. And he ends up being the multi-time all-star. <laughs> and it was making plays right now in the uh, CS. So. Yeah. As a guy that's in his late thirties. <laughs> um, well, the Brewers fell victim to what was it? Longoria. Uh, now there's another old timer making plays uh, that has a connection this time, just beating the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, but yeah. Uh, have you heard anything by the way on Craig council? Are we still just like in a holding pattern? I I would believe that you're going to see a big time holding pattern on that until normally you start to see like the off season pick up in December. The last we heard was that Corbin Burns was at last week. 
maybe it was two weeks ago, saying that Craig Council uh, hasn't tipped any of his hand at all. I like how they asked Corbin Burns that. <laughs> the guy who's like, the guy who got one foot out the door. Yeah, who probably is pissed off at Craig for you know, giving some early hooks. On some games, it was like, I could have used this in arbitration cases, man. If you would have let me in, let me stay in, I could have talked about a complete game. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard anything on Craig besides what Corbin Burns had to say. So, uh, you know, it's Corbin Burns. The guy, Rowdy, just says he's got one foot out the door. So, speaking of... Uh, no, I would anticipate this. Normally in baseball, a lot of your a lot of your off-season stuff picks up in December and January. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with Craig. Give him a little time. As the Brewers, the Brewers said they're going to do, they're going to give him time. So, Nelly... Um, last night it was the Diamondbacks fan base that a lot of people were wondering, like, um, what's wrong with you guys? Do you not have any like stones? Do you not want to support your team? Uh, the lowest ticket sold for game three in Arizona sold for 15 times less than the lowest ticket for game two in Philadelphia. The lowest ticket in Philly was $140. The lowest ticket in Arizona for the D-backs was $9. Uh, I also read that a lot of Philly fans were buying up tickets and then just not going, so Diamondbacks fans couldn't be there to support their club. And also, Diamondbacks fans weren't really supportive of their Diamondbacks because they kind of thought it was maybe over. You see all those? I know you did. You saw all that stuff? Yeah, that, that's wild to me. It is wild. It's, it's not like the Arizona Diamondbacks are some, like, New York Yankee, Boston Red Sox, L.A. Dodger type team where they're there, or it feels like they're there and competitive every single year, mm-hmm. where it's like that one year where the team sucks, all the fans gets p- pissed off because they're used to winning all the time or they're used to having big-time players, big-time names. Like, you think about that. When's the last time that the Arizona Diamondbacks have really been super relevant? It's been a while. Like 20 years? Yeah, Like the while. Schilling, Randy Johnson, like around that time, early 2000s? It's been a minute. Like, it's not like this is a team year in and year out that's really good. I can't believe that even down two to nothing that a fan base of a franchise that hasn't isn't around and isn't good all the time would just all of a sudden be like, you know what? We're in a two Oh hole. Yeah. We're not going to go. I was also reading though, that Philadelphia Philly fans were buying up these tickets because they were so cheap. And then again, the cheapness goes to the diamondback fans first and then not using them. So I saw this. Could you imagine brewer fans? If the brewers were in a two Oh hole in a best of seven series, just finally, when it gets back to Milwaukee, not showing up. No, I, the brewer, the fans or, come even when they suck. Or being like half full with Brewer fans, I could never, I could never imagine that. No, and um, I don't think we've ever seen that. All the playoff games that I remember from 2008 to current day, it's always been a packed house for playoff games. Yeah, StubHub. Okay, this is for the game last night in uh, Arizona. StubHub listed two seats together for as low as twenty-one dollars for Game Three as of Thursday morning, yesterday morning. Seats in the lowest section directly behind home plate were listed for $320. That's nothing. I wonder if there's going to be a huge uptick now that for tonight's game now that they've won and it's, hey, it's <laughs> two to one. If they hold serve again tonight, it'll Here. be two, two. I, well, this story is from, um, I think this story is from yesterday. Okay. The story's from yesterday. So behind home plate in Arizona, for last night's game, tickets were listed as $320. The same seats for game four tonight are listed for $586, and that was before they won. So I'd imagine maybe they'd go for a little more. But that's that's crazy to me. Like, what happened to the Arizona? Where's the fan base? Well, do you remember 2018 when the Brewers were in the NLCS against the Dodgers and they would go out to L.A. for the games and L.A. would have it like – two-thirds, three-quarters full, Yeah, where every game in Milwaukee, it was packed and there was energy in the stadium. And in, in L.A., it was just like, well, you know, we're good every year. And, you know, in L.A., I have this pool party to go to. <laughs> I have this crazy concert to go see. Oh, yeah, the Dodgers are playing. Let's also not forget about the Angels. Like, there's so much other stuff to do. Oh, yeah. Remember they were using that excuse where it was like, well, you know, Dodger fans, they have so much other stuff that they can do. They don't need to go to the game. <laughs> and that's why you see it's only two-thirds full here. Okay. Yeah, well, 
Because I remember watching at LA oh, fans. I think it was the first game in LA where it was like LA is all people that aren't from California. They're all two a bunch thirds of, turds. of the two thirds of the the stadium was full, but then the other third people were just kind of showing up by like the fifth inning and yeah, or not showing up at all. Where it's like in Milwaukee when there's a playoff game, that place is rocking from the start. It's packed. All right, so I'm on the I'm on um, StubHub or Ticketmaster, I should say, for um, the game tonight. The cheapest ticket, the cheapest ticket I can find right now is hundred and seventy dollars, and that's in the first. That's in the uh, that's in the f- the one thirty seven section, which is kind of in the first rung. All of those three hundred sections are sold out. It looks like so a little different story tonight, and it's a Friday night. I don't know. Did you see though that? Um, if Philly was to win last night, and then obviously if they were to win tonight, they'd advance to the World Series. That they were all the rumor was, the report was, they're all going to jump in the Arizona Diamondbacks pool. Did you see, did you see well, that report? <laughs> um, that would have been funny for the L.A. Dodger uh, Arizona Diamondbacks series when it was starting to get down uh, to the nitty gritty of elimination. That was when the Diamondbacks. The, the franchise themselves said the pool will be open. And that would have been for if the Dodgers wanted to celebrate or obviously Arizona celebrating as they won the series. But <laughs> yeah, I saw this. The, if they win two games in Phoenix, the Phillies would be quote beelining it for the water to celebrate in the Diamondbacks right field pool. That's not going to happen now, but man, that would be uh, insult to injury for those guys. I wonder if you get wholesome animosity and you play the well, Phillies next you plunk them. Technically, Technically, uh, they could still celebrate in that pool, but yeah. they'd, ha- they'd have to win two straight because it's 2-3-2, two, two, so the next two games are still in Arizona, but um, they'd have to win both games. Who's the closer for the Diamondbacks? Seawald? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was Paul ta- Seawald. Yeah, he was talking about that. Um, Derek Hall said that if the Dodgers – he said before our series, now if the Dodgers – the pool will be open for whoever wins um, – and the Dodgers, if the Dodgers win, then there's nobody protecting the pool. Luckily, we were the ones that won. My guess is that it would be open again. And if the Phillies are lucky enough to clinch against us, then that's our that's our problem. And and if they want to jump in the pool, they can jump in the pool. I just think it's it's something unique. It's something different. Um, at, least yeah. not, at least they're not the unwritten rules of baseball. But I guess, Roddy, when they were making the unwritten rules of baseball back in the day, I don't think stadiums had pools in it, do they? Um, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if, if, uh, when they really started playing baseball, if there was many stands yeah, I don't for think, fans to watch, uh, you don't think Babe Ruth was beelining into a pool to go, uh, you know, chill with a cigar after he, you know, slugged the home run and won something. I don't, I don't think so. Did they even have like medicals in the locker room? <laughs> Would they just give him like a slab of meat? You know, if you get a black guy, you put a slab, a cold slab of meat on it, and they give you a cigarette or a cigar. I was watching like a, it was a little documentary. <laughs> throw on, a medicine ball around on Ron Santos, <laughs> former Cub, and they didn't even know through medicals for when he was trying out for the team and when he was, you know, coming up. Yeah. They didn't even know through medicals that he had diabetes. <laughs> It's like, man, I'm really tired. Now, think about but that. But if banana, I feel better. Think, think about that. They didn't even know through medicals that this guy had diabetes and he was trying to hide it. To Garrett Mitchell of 2020 when he got drafted, the reason he was falling in the draft was A, because of injuries in college, and B, because he was a, a diabetic who they didn't know exactly how that would fare on long road trips. Though it's been shown that it really doesn't matter, yeah, but how this fair and long road but, trips? But think about how it went from then we couldn't even detect that he had it to 2020. This might negatively impact the prospect. Yeah, he's going to fall down in the draft. Or how about just, just not even go to the diabetes? Go like, all right, this guy back in the day, he just got done farming. He can barely read, but my God, he can hit a ball and he can pitch a ball. And now you got a guy that's like, oof, this guy's got. First of all, we're not going to let him hit because he's a pitcher, but he's got a hangnail too. Sorry, can't pitch today. That hangnail, we're going to have to put you down, buddy. You're going to have to go in the IL for about 15 days. You go from dudes who are out there just trying to have a life while they're like providing for their family to if you get a hangnail, <laughs> the medicals have totally changed. I got nothing but love for this handsome man right here, uh, gambler to the stars, pregame.com, the winner's take. 
all the way from sunny Florida, Dave Essler. Good morning, David. Good morning, my friend. Hey, I heard your golf courses are closing soon. <laughs> ah, you were talking to Rody. <laughs> yes. Yep, when that freeze sets in, it's time to shut it down. Question, do your golf, clo- uh, golf courses ever close? Uh Maybe if we get six inches of rain in the hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Yep, uh, no. Dave, we got, uh, before you know it, it's going to be winter here in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, I might yeah, have to laugh it up. Sure. Laugh it up, Dave. Laugh it up. No, I just, I just, it's unfathomable to me why somebody with a choice would do that. But Dave, we, we love we seasons. Up? I love the seasons. That's what I tell myself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you think if you tell yourself enough time, you might actually believe it? Listen, fall's beautiful, Dave. <laughs> if the foliage, the foliage around here is absolutely incredible. It, the, there's like yeah, burnt it's, orange, it's, it's, there's it's, red, there's it's, yellow. It's that interim five months. <laughs> yeah, then you got winter, but winter does take a good ch- chunk, a chunk of time. Oh, it yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's brown and there's no leaves on the trees for like five months. That's super. <laughs> come super, February, uh, you want to, come February, you want to strangle everyone. Yeah, and I don't know if I would describe yeah, it as brown. I'd just say it's all white. Yeah, it's a lot oh, of snow. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's the opposite of, of optimism for me. They, Sorry. And I, like, as a Wisconsinite through and through that I am, come wintertime, I never really do like winter stuff. Uh, unless you count shoveling like a winter activity. I'm this year, I told yeah. myself, I'm going to ski. I want to start skiing. You'll have to, you'll have to video that for me. I will. And he'll come in as the second uh, person on over the line with a fractured ankle. Oh. Hey, I know about skiing. It's pizza. That's how you slow down. Like you put your feet like it's a slice of pizza. And then if you want to go fast, what is it? Hot dog? You're practically French Lindsay Vaughn. French fries. <laughs> hot dog. French fries. Yeah, I'm pra- I'm I'm the same complexion, same hair as Lindsay Vaughn. I just happen to be, you know, a man. David? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't have put the two and two together, but you're so right. <laughs> hey, Dave, give uh, us some uh, some picks here. Um, I want to go right to college football for you uh, with us. Now, okay. I want you to give us a little nugget or a couple nuggets, but before that, do you have any inkling on Wisconsin and Illinois after Wisconsin and Iowa put a game on for the ages to the masses? An inkling? Um you know, me and the market would probably take Illinois. Um, yeah, Illinois. <laughs> Do I need to elaborate? No. Well, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm only upset I didn't I didn't get a better than a plus three, but you know, so plus two and a half plus two and a half is probably good. There's a little revenge on the brain, though, for the Badgers of how, you know, last year they got uh, just bullied by Illinois and Brett Bielema, and then, you know, Paul Chris got fired a day later. Do, when you're looking at lines and making a pick or gambling, um, or winning, I should say, do you ever take that into factor, like revenge on the brain? Absolutely. But I'm, I'm more all about revenge if you're in your own stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that just gives Illinois more confidence. I don't know. They're not that good, though. But I guess Wisconsin has you know backup quarterback now and Braden Locke. So what do you do? Yeah, yeah. All right, Dave. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you asked. I would take I would take Illinois, or I would just watch a forty-point game. Beautiful, isn't it? Hey, did you happen yeah. to watch Wisconsin Illinois? Wisconsin Iowa. Uh, so, sorry, yeah, Iowa. No, I'm afraid I just <laughs> that was a tw- that was a twenty-one point. <laughs> Game, Dave. <laughs> yeah, well, I, know. I, had a, I had a friend of mine on Facebook that that she, that is uh, she's she's an Iowa fan and she just got remarried to someone that's a Badger fan and she she put up a big picture of them outside the stadium going to the game and I I had a I had a reply that oh yeah that'll be a barn burner it was have a good yeah oh, yeah so, yeah the, the fires in the parking lot maybe it was a barn burner Dave it was close the whole Dave game. missed the Iowa Wisconsin game but he definitely has it on his schedule because we talked about it he is tuning into Iowa Minnesota <laughs> hey Dave no. what else what else are you betting on what else are you betting on besides um, me asking about Wisconsin sports for college well, I, I actually took SMU minus eleven and a half tonight. 
over Temple in the first half. Um, you know that uh, Temple is one of those teams that plays super up up tempo, and I think that's only going to exacerbate their problem tonight. Uh, but SMU has no reason to destroy them, so I didn't go minus 21 for the full game. I just took SMU for the first half. Um, that's a that's a winner. Um, you want another winner in college football tomorrow? Does the Pope wear a funny hat? Yes, of course I do. Um, I think my favorite. Well, I do like Penn State. If we're going to be sticking to oh, the okay. to the Big Ten, I know you're a Big Ten um, guy. You can admit it. You can admit it. It's fine. Well, that's a game I might watch. There's a, a, an NFL talent or two on those teams. <laughs> um, you know, um, no, I mean, you look at the stats of those two teams, and um, they're they're very similar. But Penn State has actually got a better defense. I think the totals in the mid forties, which means you know defense rules, and, and Penn State actually has a better defense. So I do like I do like Penn State to beat Iowa, and I and I want Penn State to beat Iowa because. I don't like uh, Iowa, Ohio State, rather, because I don't like uh, Ohio State. Okay. So there is that. Okay, there is that. Um, there is that. I like Auburn, plus maybe a touchdown. Rowdy oh, Rowdy Smouty immediately started shaking his head yeah. and gave the no-no finger no, like no. a Dikembe Mutombo. No, well, no. He, he, had, he had to know after we talked yesterday I was going to throw that out there. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, Ole Miss on the road. Uh, you know, I, I'm afraid, um, you know, Auburn's got a better defense than people think. And Auburn's just played, well, they played a pissed-off LSU team. They played Texas A&M on the road and, and Georgia, and they, they only lost at home to Georgia by seven. So let's not overthink the problem. Georgia's light years better than Ole Miss, and I'm going to get seven or six and a half at home. It's a night game. Um, you know, simply put, um their only road conference game Ole Miss played, they lost with Alabama. So why would you overthink the room and take Ole Miss, Rowdy? So you're saying Rowdy's overthinking it? Well, maybe. I think this is a game that Ole Miss runs away. Lane Kiffin has his team. The defense uh, actually stops to run a bit. Auburn can't do anything but run. Speaking of big, big Ten talent and quarterbacks, Peyton Thorne's playing quarterback for Auburn. He sucks. We've watched him multiple years <laughs> at Michigan State. He sucks. Well, I hope you're as confident Monday morning or Sunday morning. I hope, you know. They say well, speaking, of, well, speaking of Sunday morning, okay. Dave, has your mind changed well, at all on the Bears-Raiders? Oh, yeah, let's go to NFL. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well done. Well done. No, I, I told you, I like, the, I like the Bears. I don't care who plays quarterback. The Raiders can't be three-point road favorites against anybody with or without Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sorry. You were a Tyson yeah, Badgett yeah. fan, Dave. You got a, you got a contentious Devontae Adams, uh, you know, they coming up again with New England that, you know, Josh McDaniels certainly wanted to win. You know, I, I, you know, they know they're not going anywhere. I mean, you know, I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Bears. Hell yeah. You know, the Raiders, the Raiders just don't deserve to be three point road favorite. Give me a bear down, Dave. Just say it. Say bear down. No, I'm not a Bears fan. (laughs) Just say it. Just, just say it. No, I was alive in 1985 as a Patriots fan, so no, I'm, 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 I do hold grudges. Yep. Um, yeah, I hold a, I hold a real grudge that they let William Perry score and didn't give the ball to Walter Payton. You gotta let, Dave, um, it's not your fault. Let it go. It's yeah. not your I, fault. I, I, I know the Bible says I should do that. But, <laughs> yeah. Dave, don't be like a Bears fan that always lives in 1985. Don't be, don't be pissed off in 1985. Just gotta yeah, let I, it go. Goose Rabba. Steelers fans still in the '70s, so um, still on that yeah. drive for five. <laughs> and what else you got in the in the shield in the NFL? You got any inklings on well, uh, the I, Denver Broncos also the Green Bay Packers? Uh, well, uh, I didn't really look at that game. So All right, much. Well, what you look at then? We'll, we'll get what you looked at. You know, I mean, I don't know. Um, actually, uh, another college game I like is the Missouri team total over. Uh, South Carolina has little to no defense, so. Put that in your portfolio. Um, you know, I think I think my favorite bet, and of course this is another one that um, Mr. Rowdy and I don't agree on. I like the Eagles and the Dolphins under 52. Under? With and, the Dolphins? Yeah. I mean, think about this. The, uh, the Dolphins' defense is marginal at best, but the Eagles have the number two rush offense in the NFL. 
And don't you think that they're going to do everything they can and they can to keep the ball out of Tua's hands? And the other thing is the Eagles have the number one rush defense. So, you know, it has to be on Tua, and I'm I'm not buying it. Uh, I don't think the Eagles want a high-scoring game. So, yeah, you know, it's going to be chilly. It's a night game. Um, Decent breeze. Uh, probably some wind, so you know everything points to an under there. I mean, any idiot's gonna look, any rowdy's gonna look at that game and <laughs> <laughs> think, think think there's gonna be a lot of points scored. I, you know, I mean that's what the that's what Damn, the bookmakers buddy. love. That's what helps subsidize those big buildings out there in Nevada. Hey now, <laughs> go hey back and now. listen to Winner's hey Take. Now. I I bless that pick. I did not take the over. I was an Eagles guy. Okay. Well, there's another one we didn't agree on. If we're going to argue, the Ravens and the Lions. You, I like Baltimore. I mean, they're favored by three for a reason. Um, you know, the the Baltimore held Tennessee. The last three games, the the Ravens opponents have had 400 yards passing. I mean, that's one game for the for the for the Chiefs. Um, the Lions have scored 20 points only 23 times, and all against good defenses. You know they 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 looked good against the Packers, against the Panthers, against Seattle, um, against Tampa Bay, and that was only because Mayfield gave it gave it away. I mean, you know I, I'm not throwing the Ravens under the bus for the London trip. They were, you know, the time frame there. They were probably home back in Baltimore before that Sunday night game kicked off. That's a you know, a whole lot easier travel than if they had play on the West Coast. So I'm going Ravens. I mean, they're favorite for a reason. So that's another one where I was going to lose. <laughs> I, I think you're misremembering <laughs> me with someone else. Damn, Dave. Because I'm trying to think. We disagreed yeah. on Ole Miss. We disagreed on. Um, let me see here. I think we disagreed on. Doesn't sound like a lot. Utah. We disagreed on Utah USC for sure. Yeah, and I think for the most part, uh, there you go. All right, I think there might have been some disagreement in the Indy Cleveland game. Oh, well, how about this, Dave? Yeah. Dave, yeah. there's all agreement here uh, as we wrap this segment up. Follow Dave on Twitter, Dave underscore Esler E S S L E R. Pregame dot com. Also, the winners take he uh, his podcast with Rowdy. Amazing stuff, Dave. We all can agree in this. You are. A champion. Now I know the Las Vegas Aces may have won the WNBA, but Mr. Essler, you have won the hearts and minds of all of us gamblers on your prowess in the WNBA. Well done, Dave. You are the true champion. So with that of the being WNBA. said, who's your future winner for next year's WNBA? Yeah, give us a futures pick. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't put the odds up yet. Right, <laughs> you know, three I have, aces. I have, I have. We have to deal with free agency. Dynasty. Aces. Dynasty. Three-peat. You know, sometimes blind squirrels find nuts. You know, um, <laughs> this just happened to be one of those times. I was I was saving up my nuts for you guys in the winter. You're finding nuts in the WNBA? Interesting. All right, Dave. Yeah, well, sometimes, yeah, well that's a whole other that's a whole other segment. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we ran out of time for this one. David, we love you, buddy. Yeah. Love you guys too. Have a great weekend. And, uh, Have fun golfing, people. Yeah. I am this afternoon. Hey, when it snows here, I'm gonna um, the first snowfall. I'm gonna pack up a bunch of it and ship it to you. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna figure um, out a way. Yeah, I do that. I mean, uh, I'm looking for the for the picture of the balls being sunny, sun when it's like 20 degrees. You have to look pretty hard for those balls. Actually, it's just cold sun, out there. Sun of the balls. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See you, I, hey, I, I have that problem on warm days. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Dave. Have a good weekend. See you, uh, you guys are great. I'll talk to you next week. Two <laughs> nut jokes at the end there. Well done. Oh, so I think we got the under on that, too, didn't we? Oh, I said a push. I think he ripped on Rowdy twice. What was the second one? Right at the end there. Right at the end? He called Rowdy an idiot, and then he said... Um, yeah, what was the one before that? No, there was one after that. Oh. Now I can't I remember what it was. Now, I was at Monks and Sun Prairie last night uh, watching and listening to Temple and Heilprin, Jesse Temple, who works for The Athletic, covering the Badgers. Zach Heilprin, our sports director, works, obviously, for us, covering Wisconsin sports. And they're doing their amazing podcast, Temple and Heilprin. 
And Jesse, who uh, great reporter at what he does, he uh, had a really good story to share about the new Badgers starting quarterback, Braden Locke. And the more I listen to Jesse uh, talk about Braden Locke, the more I'm like, I got, man, I like this guy. And by the way, Miles Burkett and uh, Nick Evers, the, they're like, from what we saw in practice and everything involving it, don't, they're not going to be playing this year, like barring injury. They're not, they're not ready. Okay. And then they brought, remember the name Trench Kekahuna, the wide receiver? Yeah. They're like, he, like you'll, you'll see and hear his name a lot in the future, but the injury kind of set him back a little bit. They're like, I don't think you're really going to be seeing much of Trench Kekahuna either. They said in practice he did flash in a little bit, but the injury set him back. Yeah. But they're talking about the quarterbacks. They're like, Braden Locks the guy. Outside of that, let's kind of temper our, our expectations <laughs> with who's behind him. So on it, they're talking about Braden Locke, and he's a, he's a Texas kid from Texas, right? Welcome. Welcome. Jesse was telling me the story, or I was listening to the story. He's telling the listeners. <laughs> he's which, telling you. Which I was a listener, so he was telling me. Did you just make sure you were in his line of sight? I was. So he was, just stared right he was like him. talking to Zach, but I was also like by Zach, so he'd like glance at me once in a while. He was telling the story. I was like, hey, nice, looking good, Jesse. Great, great hair. They said Braden Locke, when he was a kid, like he is so good at film study and so good at the playbook. Like he like he's a sponge. He soaks all this up. And he said when he first started playing football, his dad uh, was an offensive lineman. And they put him in right away uh, when he was nine years old. And on three straight plays, they put him in as a lineman. On three straight plays, he was called for holding. And they're like, holding, holding, holding. And they're like, they're like, you know what? I don't, I don't think linemen maybe for young Braden Locke here, like his, <laughs> like his dad did. So what did they do instead? They said, just by happenstance, they ended up putting that quarterback. And he turned out to be pretty good at it. There you go. And now he's the quarterback for the Wisconsin Badgers. But the story that really got me is he never played line again, by the way. Just quarterback Yo. was his position after three state holding penalties. Like, never guess. What did I tell you? <laughs> Kids start on the line yep. and get moved out. Yep. Well, what Not, if you start on the line and you're bad, though? And yeah, you get moved out. Steve. Well, remember you were talking about the other person that was talking about their son playing. Yeah. You don't start at running back and get moved to the line and move back. No, you don't. <laughs> you you don't. stay there. Yep. So the other thing they're talking about was just get lost. was Braden Locke and his ability to like decipher plays, study, uh, know a playbook, and watch film. He apparently loves it. Why? When he was a kid, he had a. Uh, what was it from the movie Cars? What's the red car's name? Steve, uh, McQueen? Lightning McQueen. Lightning McQueen. Oh, I saw this tweet. Yeah, yeah. he had a Lightning McQueen. T- uh, I was like, why does this sound so familiar? It was a Lightning McQueen <laughs> small TV with a DVD player built into it. Or maybe it was a VHS. I think it was DVD, you said. And, um, yeah, judging by that, he's a redshirt freshman. I'd say it's DVD. Yeah, DVD. <laughs> Could have been Blu-ray. For... A year plus, every single night when he went to bed, Braden Locke, when he was, I think when he was like nine, somewhere around that age, every single night for over a year, he fell asleep watching the Texas Longhorns defeat the USC Trojans in the Rose Bowl of the 2005-2006 Bowl game, yeah. Rose Bowl season, 41-38. to 38. Every go. night for over a year, he watched that game Every night going to bed. And that's what he fell asleep to. Jesse was saying that he could tell you every play, every reason why it worked, every reason why it didn't work, everything the announcer said. They stopped it. Literally everything about that game. And that's where his love of watching tape came from. Was the Rose Bowl in the 2005-2006 season where Vince Young ran it in in one of the greatest games to ever be played. Uh, Vince Young scrambling for that eight-yard touch of 19 seconds left as the Longhorns stunned the top-ranked Trojans. Well, I will say this what for, a game. for Braden Locke and his, mm. his bedtime viewing. I mean, at least it was one of the more exciting college football games of all time because yeah. if, you, if you put the kid to bed watching, you know, like Iowa football and Iowa offense, probably doesn't get too big into tape. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you were able to, like, watch, like, Video of Chuck Long in Iowa when they were actually scoring points in the 80s. I think it would have been okay. 
He would only have current day Iowa. <laughs> yeah, you only get current oh, day it Iowa. Would have been, it would have Brian been like Ferentz, yeah, Iowa? it would have been like 2005 Iowa. <laughs> oh, oof, oof, yeah. yeah, they were still kind of bad at that point. So um, they were talking about Braden Locke. Also, his arm looked a lot stronger when he got into Iowa than it was uh, for you know spring training or you know camp. Fall camp, and then uh, you yeah, know he was rifling some of those balls. Yeah, there. they said the arm strength looked even bigger, and the dude's confident. And they said another really cool story they had. Um, they stayed. I forget what hotel they're at, what game it was, but Braden Locke and a bunch of the guys stayed up till about eleven uh, midnight, drawing up plays on a bar napkin there in the hotel lobby, like just just break, just doing plays, drawing up plays. Breaking down plays, like staying in a what? No, not a not on a napkin, not a bar napkin, but no, a napkin. But like, I forget what game it was. It was this year. They're just they're just designing plays, making stayed plays. Stayed up till midnight. Was, yeah, like the day night before. Oh, just like drawing Washington up, State. Just drawing or up maybe plays. The Iowa game. Drawing up plays, like going through plays. And he said Braden Locke, his ability to like just soak in information and soak in the playbook and soak in you know film study is huge on this guy. And he said he's a very confident individual. So that being yeah, said, how yeah. much confidence do you guys have? That tells me in he's going to be a coach when his career is done. I mean, the the dude, his first, you know, inkling in this film study was watching one of the greatest college ba- football games ever played, Texas versus USC. I tell you it, the intricacies of it. Can't really judge him right now based off of what happened last week when you had a pass rush of four guys being able to beat the pants off of your offensive line. Yeah. Um, but there's still, like, and it'll be a game plan. Like Taylor Rowdy James. mentioned earlier this week he was still the number twenty five quarterback in his class. Yeah, like that's that's nothing to shake a stick at. But like watching film, knowing where stuff needs to go, and actually executing it, then a little different. But still, he's proven it at the high school level where you're good enough to be the top, the number twenty five quarterback in the nation of your recruiting class. That's pretty darn good. Um, it's not bad. It, it just now we need to see it on the field. I am I I don't feel not I don't feel unconfident about Braden Locke. Like I feel confident no. about Braden Locke. Like there were there were balls that you know had there not been like some inhibitants. Nice word. Word uh, of the day. Inhibitants. Probably not real. Uh, uh, to the paths of the ball against Iowa, they would have been completions. Um, there were a couple that he made while he was getting hit. There were a couple well, do you think where that, people just said he held on to it way, 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 yeah. way too long. Some of the balls that maybe were forced in, you know, first game action against Iowa, I almost feel like in the past, if you're a Wisconsin Badgers fan, you're always like, if you're the quarterback, don't F it up, right? right. Just make the throws you need to make, be efficient, because not everybody is a Russell Wilson type quarterback that can go out and make all those throws, make all those plays, especially a lot of the quarterbacks that Wisconsin has had over the last 20 years. Well, I would say that's easier to say with the past offense Mm -hmm. because you also had a great offensive line almost every year. You also had, you know, a running back room that was chucked full of talent. So it was easy to turn around and hand the football off and have success because the defense was solid, the line was good, and the running backs were good so they could carry you. You just had to not screw it up. Right. This year, clearly we've seen a lot of growing pains on both offense and defense. It's a new offense where they're throwing the football more. It's spread out more. I would say for this offense, I want a guy that's willing to chuck it around because – I feel like if you just turn around and run it with where they're at right now, you're not going to be very good at all. Mm-hmm. And like you have yeah, to you, have you the ability be. to wing it yeah. a little bit to force some things a little bit downfield Especially because of where you're at right now with the offense and the players and the yeah. personnel. That's the only way that you can kind of, I don't know. I want to say threaten some teams of being a big play offense. I don't know. Well, it also works well too. And we talked about this yesterday, Rowdy, after RJ had left. It was like he's known Phil Longo. What do you say? Since like middle school, like he's yeah. known Phil Longo since seventh grade. I think is what he said. And he's always you know he wanted to be with Phil Longo. He's been, he said air raids all I've known my whole life. Yeah, is air raid offense, and I, like it's is it a better fit now if Longo in this air raid quote unquote offense than it was with Tanner Mordecai? Well, and- I'm pretty sure you guys touched on this, or maybe it was listening to uh, Temple and Heilprint or even the camp. On his recruiting visit, is like visit to be like, do I want to go to Wisconsin? I know I'd like to play for Longo, but do I want to go here? They 
they had a short little meeting that was supposed to be short that turned into a three hour <laughs> film breakdown talk like on scheme and all that. Yeah. Like it it's there in his head. That's the good part. Like I think we now know why he's above Evers in the depth chart. Well, was, like and, yeah, Evers couldn't get the playbook. Well, yeah. guess what? More not Mordecai. Lock lock and load, baby. He right. can. And it sounds like uh um Burkett gets it more than he does, too. Yeah. Well, I feel like from what I gather watching Braden Locke, or I, I guess I should say hearing things and reading stuff about Braden Locke, because, I mean, we really haven't seen much of him right. outside of that Iowa game. It sounds like he was a really good high school quarterback, obviously, 25th in his class. And then you look at the fact that he picks up the playbook, knows it well, has a really good relationship with the coaches, especially being Phil Longo, like you talked about. Mm -hmm. The one knock I feel like I've heard on him is being a little undersized, where he's a little shorter, a little thinner than what the ideal atypical quarterback you would hope for is. But then the arm strength. But then you have you know Jesse Temple and Zach Heilprin saying, well, after you know so many months of training with the Wisconsin strength and conditioning, the arm strength looks even better. Yeah, because they were saying in fall camp they didn't really see some of those zings that he was yeah, doing in so game against Iowa. If if his biggest you know negatives or cons were arm strength and it was kind of like his build and size, well, clearly he's been working on it because it looks like it's better. Mm-hmm. Again, I I said this earlier this week. Out of all the times that I would feel somewhat confident that this guy should at least be okay, it's this year because it's a guy that knows the system. It's a guy that if you understand the plays, it's a lot easier to go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you still physically have to, <laughs> but but I feel like in the past, the the Badgers have not had the type of recruiting talent in that room Yeah. where they, they've all been like, Think about when your starter was like a, a f- average three-star recruit and everyone else was worse yeah. than that. <laughs> Why did it seem like they had more success, though? I mean, it's just, just what it was. And everyone else remember was when they brought worse in than that. Alex Hornerbrook? And he, if I remember correctly, I think he was a higher three-star. And everyone's like, oh, kid from Pennsylvania, because the state of Pennsylvania is yeah. good. Good football state. Higher three-star recruit. And everyone's like, oh, we got one. That, and it's like, dude. Ohio State just brought in like three, four star quarterbacks, <laughs> and like they didn't even blink an eye. No one, no one went ooh and ah. Ooh. But it's like same thing with Jack Cohn. I remember it was like, oh, some pu- publications have him as a four star. He was going to go to Notre Dame and play lacrosse, and we got, we him. got him as a quarterback. And but he's then, good though. But no, then no, no, yeah, absolutely. That's not a. That's yeah. just one no, of those, I know, I know. Well, the like, drops of like some of those guys they get lost. Grandson. They get lost in the shuffle. Like, have we heard anything about Cole LaCrue? Like, he was a pretty standard average three-star quarterback. He had surgery, so he's down. But, yeah, right. But that's what I'm saying. It's like we took it there's a boy. lot of guys like that that just get lost in the LaCrue. shuffle yeah. that were just. How big yeah. is LaCrue? He might end up being a tight end. I right, don't forget the score <laughs> predictor is open. Need your Wisconsin score and your Packers score. Because they're doing both. It's you got to peg the score, and I'm giving you more opportunities to do so. And also, I, I think oh. I should say this, too. If Braden Locke comes out there and plays the rest of the season and looks horrible, well, then we're in for a long next year because Tanner Mordecai is gone. This this is it. Like, the guys in the room right now are the guys in the room outside of Mabry Mature. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean you got to kind of hope that this guy comes out and plays pretty well, or else I think the quarterback room is not exactly where we wanted it. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> listen, you don't have many years invested all these guys, and I, you know what I mean? The it's quarterback like, room is exactly where we want, we want it. it. You'd be a little more panicked going into next year. <laughs> I was uh, listening to Temple and Heilpern last night live at Monkton Sun Prairie. By the way, they're going to be offering uh, home field apparel. Is going to hook you up with a $25 gift certificate. You just got to go to Monks and Sun Prairie every Thursday, do a little QR code, and we'll announce the winner on Friday. And you get hooked up for some awesome apparel for Homefield, homefieldapparel.com. But Jesse said this. It was like, or Zach said it to Jesse. It was like one of those what-if scenarios. Like, what if Brett Bielema would have stuck around with Wisconsin? What if Paul Chris never got fired? Like a what-if scenario. And then Jesse said this. Brett Bielema's record... 
for the Wisconsin Badgers. Rowdy, 92 and 68. Paul Chris record for the Badgers, 93 and 67. And then there was Gary Anderson. Wait, no, 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 no. He brought the defense with him, though, the 3 4. 92 and 68, Brett Bielema. 93 and 67. Do you Paul think Chris. if Brett Bielema would have stayed, that he would still be the coach today? What eventually goes up must come down. No, I don't think he'd be the coach today. Do you? I don't know. I don't know. How much Brett better Bielema, could he have done? Hey. I don't know if what goes up for Brett Bielema always comes back down because that weight's going the up. The weight's not going low. The great pumpkin keeps getting bigger yeah, and bigger. That's not getting smaller. Stop giving that great pumpkin miracle grow. Rowdy, um, I mean, how much better could have Brett Bielema done? Do you think he's going to a college? Remember when he left? He's like, oh, I want to go to your college football playoffs. You can't do it in the big day. You can't do it here. Well, you have Michigan, you got Ohio State, you got Penn State. Could Wisconsin or Brett Bielema, I know it's all what ifs and whatever, could he have gotten over the hump? Man. All right. I lost, lost a couple of those bowls. Uh, could he have gotten over the he, hump? He won some Big Ten championships. Yeah. I could, mean, who had a better chance of getting over the hump, Brett Bielema or Paul Christ? Both the record is almost identical. Now, I personally think it was Paul Christ, but I I always was the one that stuck up for Brett Bielema. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they would have been much better, but there definitely wouldn't have been. There definitely wouldn't have been that Gary Anderson. No. <laughs> those those times. Isn't that a crazy thing about ninety two and sixty eight for Bielema? Um. Is Brett Bielema higher, though, to take your program to the next level? Paul Christ. The record almost identical. It's almost identical. Is he a higher to take your program to the next level, or like, is he a higher right now to take you from being poor to an exceptional team? When you say exceptional, do you mean like above average? Like, I'm saying like you could win 10 games and feel pretty good about yourself, but have no chance of ever winning like a legitimate college football playoff. That, I think that's where he's at now. Or would Paul, who gives you the better chance of doing it? Paul, Chris or Brett Bielema of getting over, of getting over the hump. Or are they both just this, this ain't it. Cause They're as good as what they were. I feel like when you look at Brett Bielema, he's coached at Arkansas. Now clearly Arkansas isn't a blue blood. Like he was coaching at Georgia or Florida or Alabama where he had full access to all the best players Mm -hmm. like Arkansas. Yeah. You're still in that Southeastern footprint. You still have a lot of great athletes that you can go after and recruit, but you still don't get the top tier talent. So so maybe he was on more of a a level playing field in the big 10 where most of the schools were getting the same type of talent. He was Paul Chris, the benefactor of Gary Anderson's defense. What, are we really giving credit to Gary Anderson the on three, anything? Four. The I get he brought it, but they had a lot of different coaches that continued to run it. <laughs> like, what, they had Dave Aranda. If there was no Gary Anderson, would there be a 3-4 defense here? They had well, Dave Aranda, Justin Wilcox. Um, that was the dollar package. Jim Leonard. None of them went away from uh-huh. it. Hey, Grant. Good morning, fellas. What's going on? You guys been talking all about Brett Bielema today? Just a little bit. Temple and Heilprint last night, I thought they did a really good job. Maybe giving Brett Bielema a little credit for the state of Wisconsin football. I think they would have been about Bielema was what great they for were. Wisconsin football. I don't think they would have been any worse. I think they would have been about what I don't they think were. either of them would get you over to the hump that Luke Fickle potentially can. He did it at Cincinnati. I'm, are, are, is there Luke Fickle discourse? So I've been listening no, no, this morning. No, 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 no. We were, okay. just, we were just doing Bielema and Chris have essentially the same record. Yeah. For Wisconsin coaches. I mean, Paul Chris was there a year more. But there's that COVID you're throwing in there. Mm-hmm. The before times. He was here during the before This times. isn't the purgatory times. I just times. wish we could have. Too. If we could like go and replay Paul Chris' career, like say it's like the death of a career, right? Okay. Where maybe you have like the 
the slideshow of someone, like the end of someone's life. At oh, the like, we're having, like we're having a wake During the eulogy yeah. and the wake, yeah. they have like, like okay. the best moments. Let's have one of those. I'm imagining okay. Always Sunny in Philadelphia when Charlie and Mac pretend to kill themselves and like, yep. they have the, but the slideshow. We're going to drive the, car the duster. Yeah. We're going to do it for Paul Kiss' career. Okay. Keeping the duster. We just cut the tape after 2019. Like, that's it. There was no more after. What a great career it would have been. Yeah. It was still a great career. It's not like he tanked his career because of a couple of years that yeah, was like keeping the like 2020, 2021, 2022, not exactly what people were expecting. A lot of inconsistencies, a lot of struggles, not exactly the continued increase in, in winning and success. A and linear recruiting. progression. Yeah, as they it say. was Wisconsin was on the up and up. And, and I'm not then blaming just, COVID. I'm not I'll blaming COVID. Crap. I'll blame COVID. But no, it's the time frame. That's when it happened. Yeah. They stopped recruiting. They stopped giving a crap about what was going on. And all of a sudden, you felt like you were going to get in that tier one program. So straddling the tier one, tier two line. And then COVID 2020 happened. Not blaming COVID, but it's part of it. Like, and think, how, think how different. That's why the toilet paper was bought up because everyone was kind of crapping themselves. Think how oh. different people would see Paul Christ and how all this ended if he was just like, oh, it's COVID. You know, I feel like I'm ready to walk away from football now. Or and he if, walked away in 2020. Or even if they hold on and win that Big Ten championship game over Penn State in 18. Trace. That game Nick was such a Or in 2019 against Ohio cut. State. When they're up at halftime sure. on the Buckeyes. Or, or how about was it 2017 against Ohio State where you had your last drive with Alex Hornerbrook? Yeah. If only we'd have known that was our last drive with Alcorn. I feel like we probably well, knew that was that, our last no, drive. No, that wasn't right. his last drive. He'll never but stop. Might as well, Ben. We should have cut his career off after 2017. He'll never too. stop Alex Hornbrook's wandering eyes. No, he's always looking over the fence somewhere. He's always looking over uh, one of his lineman's shoulders to see be Mr. Steal Your Girl. Alex Hornibrook. I've never he looked puts, at that guy and he thought that's the Mr. Steal Your Girl. He puts the name Horny and Hornibrook. That's one of his linemen. That's correct. Grant, I'm glad you're here for yeah. many reasons. I've been waiting to talk about this for you, so I saved a little extra time for the last segment of the show. Oh, look at you. A little Bucks discourse. Oh, I love Bucks discourse. Real yeah. quick, to put the bow on this Wisconsin. <laughs> yes. Will Luke Fickle dwarf Chris and Brett Bielema? Not at this rate, no. You're talking weight? Or well, that's impossible. Be hard to dwarf. He better Bielema. start eating now if he wants to dwarf Bielema. God, Bielema's a unit. He beat anorexia. He wears it well. I'll give him credit. When when he's got that big, like the windbreaker, and it's billowing in the breeze on the sideline. You need vertical stripes. Yeah. No horizontal, vertical. Is the blue and the orange, are those good colors for no. a man his Great stature? Pumpkin. I feel like if Brett Bielema had an eating disorder, pumpkin. he wouldn't be anorexic. He'd be bulimic. Just throwing Bielemic. up. That's where you actually eat too much until you throw You're up. You're dialed in today, I can tell. Is he, is no, there there is an eating disorder that's opposite of anorexia. He has it. Binge eating disorder? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the exact scientific term for it, but he's. I, be, I believe it's bed. I, I feel like we've been talking <laughs> Wait, about. Hang on, no fat shaming. We. I was just gonna say this is the second time this week we've been talking about fat people. It's okay if you do it to men. No, it's not people. It's it's one person. I just can't say like Lizzo's absolutely disgusting to look at. People get mad at that. But just, I can say it's a little harsh. Brett Bielema's disgusting. People are like, <laughs> yeah, he's fat, isn't he? Yeah, he's a big guy. You just can't say like Lizzo, gross. You can't do that. Courageous and brave. Stunning. Stunning. You can't do that. And brave. Is that, that's from South Park, I feel like. That's, I know. You know how you know Brett Bielema has done well? How's that? Because he is large. Look at history. King Some Henry. Some of the fattest people William, have been very William successful. William Howard Taft. If we <laughs> I don't know. He was the president. He got all the way to the White Portly House. Fella. That's, that's if we Portly. cut off history from like the last 20 years where everyone's just getting Well, yeah, it used to be trendy to be a portly, be a big guy. That also meant you had some Dull. Money. You're making money. Mm-hmm. You're not a plebe or a pleasant. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Hey, guys. Uh, Russell here. Yes, the typical boring, yes, Russell, the robot Russell, the one you guys love to know. I'm real, real exciting. Yeah, I'm real exciting. Um, but anyways, uh, everybody has to have an alter ego, right? And, and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I, I, I think I have an alter ego. What is it, Russ? His name. His name's Mr. 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 Unlimited. <laughs> now, you got to be unlimited. You, know, you got to have a thought process of being unlimited. So when people ask you, you know, what you're thinking about or what you want to do in life or where you want to go, you got to be unlimited. Tell them, I'm unlimited. You know what I mean? So when they ask you certain questions like, Who brings you motivation, Russell? 
Mr. Unlimited. What does that even mean? Who, who's your role model, Russell? Unlimited. Your role models yourself? Huh? Who's your go-to person for advice, Russell? They think Pete Carroll, they think this person, think that person. Love you, Pete, but it's Mr. Unlimited, Tom. That guy that's sucks. That's when you knew Russell Wilson was long gone. That guy, he's, he is a, he's something, ain't he? Well, remember, there what were it, times. Broncos country? That's right. Where it was reported when they were, I think it was flying back from. What was that? East Coast, West It was one of the coasts they were flying back from, or it was London. And he was doing, like, high knees <laughs> on the plane while everyone was either like, trying Russell, to sleep down. or doing their own thing. Just sit down. Everyone dude. was just looking at him like, what the F are you doing? Well, you're so weird. In fact, it got so bad for Russell Wilson last year with the Broncos. He had that uh, that sub from Subway. They pulled it off the shelves. They pulled it off the menu. They're like, we can't, we can't have this anymore. This Broncos ride, I want off. You remember when... Percy Harvin punched Golden Tate in the face. I do. Because that was the rumor that Golden Tate had slept with Russell Wilson's then wife, <laughs> which is now his ex-wife. Yep, yep, yep. Imagine how many guys wanted to to Golden Tate Russell Wilson and punch him in the face, but... Not for sleeping with their wives. Just being a weirdo? Just for being annoying. You know who wants to punch him in the face now? He goes by the name of Future. He's an artist that uh, had a kid with Sierra. I think he wants Sierra. to do more I actually than think he wants to the face. I think that's kind of like... End him. Yeah. Like, not his career, but like, he wants to put him six feet deep. Like, Future. If like, you know think about how many guys, not only just guys in the league, but I'd probably more guys that actually play as teammates with him. That probably want to punch this guy. He's so weird. In fact, last year it got so bad in Denver. Like, Nathaniel Hackett gave him his own wing, his own office in the coaching wing. And Russell Wilson would call players in, like, separate from the coaching staff. Remember we criticized that? It's so like, weird. He can't do that because, obviously, it makes him above all the other players. Mm-hmm. But can you maybe think of the line of thinking that um, Nathaniel Hackett had? He's like, I got to get this guy away from the rest of the team. Yeah. I need to put him in his own wing. Yeah, I need I, to shelter I, everyone yeah, else. I need to I need to keep everyone else sane and keep him locked it's up. It's like you let it's like you let like a cult member into your house to preach their sermon and your whole family's there for like, you know, Christmas or Thanksgiving and this cult member just keeps going on and on and on and you can't kick him out. It's like Russell Wilson. So Nathaniel Hackett's like I'm just going to put him in the bathroom or something to lock the door. He can go talk to himself in the mirror because he's Mr. Unlimited. I made sure his office was padded. <laughs> yeah, but he's fit for a straight jacket. Now, Russell Wilson, the offense, though, for the Broncos, Rowdy, they're not having the, the worst of years, though. No, no. Russell Wilson's actually having he's got a, very similar numbers to Patrick Mahomes. A, a bit of a bounce back year from what he's had the last couple. Him and I think I think him and Mahomes actually have very similar numbers of this stage in the season. Now, now on paper, he's got a lot more weapons than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, where yes. he's got a number of guys, not just Travis Kelsey. <sighs> this Denver Broncos defense, though, I mean, the Dolphins hung seventy on them. If the Packers can't get it right over a bye with Aaron Jones back, I mean, Aaron Jones is huge for this offense. We all know that. If they can't get it right off the bye, then God help us. See, here. I'm starting to think like the because what did we hear this week from? The Packers, the Packers themselves talking about how they think that they can be like a Miami Dolphins type offense. Yeah. One, I think that's an LOL. You're talking about the best offense in the NFL so far this year, but would you take Mike McDaniel over Matt LaFleur right now? Yes. Hell yeah. Now I do. I think the offense with all the speed is a little gimmicky because their defense is kind of soft. Yeah. But, but man, they're that's, balling, but the offense itself is, is phenomenal, right? I mean, we can pick apart reasons why it won't work or why it'll fall apart, but that's not for this conversation. Mm -hmm. I do find it funny that they're talking about the week of the Denver game. The Packers are talking about how they think they can be like another Miami Dolphins offense. The offense that we saw put up 70 on this Denver team. It almost feels like the Packers are saying, Huh, we're going to come out here and we're going to look good. We're, we're putting it all together. We're going to score a ton of points. It almost feels like it'll backfire and it'll be an ugly game. I have a bad feeling about the game. I mean, Metal Four's not good off the bye. What's the, what's the spread? What's the line? Uh, Packers by two, I think I saw. Do you know over-under off the top of your head? 
I'll can bring it up. Yeah, I'll go look. Uh, you go bring it up. Um, Aaron Jones, by the way, back practicing the past two days. So Aaron Jones, uh, his career, his yard at, career average is 5.1 a carry. He was averaging 4.2 before he went down, which was tied for fifth in uh, NFL history among qualified running backs. The next best average by a Packers running back this season, A.J. Dillon at three. So depending on where you look, Green Bay is favored by one and a half, two points. Total sitting at 45. Yeah. What did uh what was it against the Dolphins? Seventy to twenty? Yeah. <laughs> I think the over was hit by the second quarter. Do, all right, how about this? Do you think the Green Bay Packers get to thirty five? That's half of seventy. That's and that's still a really good game. That's still a really good offensive game. That'd be their best offensive game of the season. No, I don't. I haven't seen it. What have you seen lately? Like even against a bad team like the Raiders, they couldn't they couldn't do diddly poo. The Lions uh, everyone's a little healthier. Aaron Jones is back. Aaron Jones scored 31 of the 38 points against the Chicago Bears. But keep in mind, it was the Chicago Bears. Okay, how far, How much better are the Broncos than the Bears? Like, how much of a step up are the Broncos from the Bears? I mean, they've played each other. Yeah. The Bears won. Or no, the... the oh, it was the, 31-28. The, the, the Broncos, Broncos came, came back, back and won. in a furious fourth yeah, quarter rally yeah, and won. Sorry, the Bears bad. should have won. And then Justin Fields threw a pick at the end. But also, they had a chance to win. But also, you have to remember last year, the Bears were the worst team in the NFL. Yep. And, and Denver added Sean Payton, which he ain't doing much better either. Yeah, but, that's but he a, will eventually. That's a, on paper, that's an upgrade from yeah. Nathaniel Hackett. Yes. I, I mean, I mean, the it, Bears choked that it one. It feels away. like they're probably pretty comparable to Chicago. The Broncos put 17 points in the fourth quarter. The Bears had a chance to win. Justin Fields threw a pick. Overall comparable to Chicago, but defense is worse. Offense is better. Okay, so what do you think? Does Do the Packers, same question you asked me. What was it, 34 points? 35. 35? That'd be halfway to 70. Do they score 35? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I We haven't seen it. Right, let's go to the phones. Line one, good morning. Are we going zero and two this weekend, boys? Well, vagabond Johnny, I, I, I am a believer. I am locked and loaded. I'm a believer in Braden Locked. I'm more confident in Wisconsin, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go zero and two. I think I'm the opposite. I'm leaning more confident in the Packers um, just because of the health, right? I mean, this is the healthiest the team has been. Not saying a lot, but is Aaron Jones playing? Yeah. Yep. For he was now. limited back to back. He should for if he, now. If he gets a hang now, maybe not. He'll but. probably get six touches. But what will happen is he'll go through the full warmups, right? It's a hamstring that he's dealing with, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. So he'll go through the full. He'll go through the full warmups, and then Matt Lafleur will make sure that he sits on the bench for a full hour and a half in the first half, right? Like they did the last time he played, and then he'll come out in the second half after not playing since warmups. And then go full board the second half. I think last That's time he, how we I think last time he played, it was he got he got some work in the first quarter, and then the second quarter he was non-existent. And then by like the end of the third and the fourth, when the Packers needed to throw more, Lafleur's like, "Oh yeah, we have Aaron Jones. Let's run it more." I think that's what happened last time he played. So something very similar. Had a ham, hamstring injury, but once you get it warmed up, you kind of want to keep going. It just shocks me that you know the best sports scientists, sports medicine people in the world are having to do to the hamstring warm-up, sit on the bench for an hour and a half, and then go into the game. That's just, I think what you're basically saying, Vagabond, is trust the science. Not, not, well, you know, I went to school for kinesiology. I'm more qualified to speak on this than probably, you know, uh, Dave from Monona, but that might be it. Who? Uh, oh, sorry, he who shall not be named. No, um, he ex- did he extend an olive branch, Rowdy, kind of? More will be revealed. If if oh. Dave wants to call in and extend an olive branch, he can. That would be, we could write a movie about that. He can. I'll tell yeah. you what, the, the redemption arc. Court. The ball is in his court. The redemption arc of our buddy, man, much maligned, much the, loved. The other person uh, but, can't. The other person talked crap about my wife. He is done. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, guys lost, probably never even touched the boot. track. Sorry. I was gonna say now we're now we're getting into it, uh, you know, with the, with the Badgers, Illinois. 
This uh, this was looking tough. I am not confident in this one. It's a way we're having our big backyard barbecues. We're going to have 40 people in the backyard. We're going to have TVs outside. We're going to have Smash Bros. set up. And we're going to gather. And the last time we did this, or two years ago, um, you know, it's our fourth annual. And I think, you know, the one everybody remembers is Grandbird's first game. Right, we had a ton of people in my backyard. We're all watching this guy throw a perfect game against Illinois. Absolutely stop him. Ever since then, Illinois has been a little shaky. So I don't know. I'm nervous for that one, boys. And uh, if that loss happens, man, the temperature for Phil Longo's seat is going to go through the roof. And that's where I was. The question that I had for you guys is, which coaching staff has more pressure this weekend? Right, Illinois perennial doormat of the Big Ten West. Badgers looking to get back on track, though, with a backup quarterback versus Matt LaFleur going to the Denver Broncos with the most health he's had on the offensive side since opening day, essentially. Which coach has more pressure this weekend? I think it's clearly Matt LaFleur because if you if you think about it with Luke Fickle, it can still be chalked up as, hey, we lost our starting quarterback. We're completely rebuilding. We got to bring in a new offense, a new defense. For Matt LaFleur, like to your point, they're about as healthy as they've been practically all year. There's already people coming for his job. You can look at statistics and say this Denver team sucks and their defense is the worst in the NFL. There's no excuse. Yeah, I, I do think it's interesting. Both coaches can claim kind of that rebuild, though, right? If they if the Packers go into the you know Denver and all of a sudden you have Jordan Love throwing two or three interceptions, we can say, well, the Jordan Love development year. So I'd be careful of that though. These are still professionals at all levels, these coaches. And so if we see Aaron Jones get two touches to Ebo's point, two touches in the first drive, and then none to the third quarter, I'm already out on the floor, but I would be so much further out. LaFraud, Matt LaFraud, before I let you go, I need your score for I need your score for Saturday and Sunday. Yep. So Saturday, I am I am going with the zero and two. I'm going Saturday twenty four to thirteen, mm-hmm. Illinois, mm-hmm. and then Sunday I'm going to go seventeen to ten, Denver. <laughs> oh God, seventeen to ten. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. We're going to chalk oh, up yeah. yet another loss. We're going to now need two hands to count the number of times Joe Barry holds the team under 20 and Matt LaFleur <laughs> loses the game. Thank you, man. We love you, buddy. Have a good weekend, man. Much love. Later, boys. See you, homie. That's tough.